When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I recently heard that the honeymoon phase isn't actually a phase and it can be the entire experience of one's relationship. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. That's hot. I know. And it's really exciting because it, it made me very excited for the opportunity that we have created with our sexual satisfaction sessions, which are complimentary and with yours truly here, sugar. You say so, they're free? They're fucking free. <laughs> you can spend an hour with me on the phone. That's hot. And uh, <laughs> talk about your sex life. And yeah, the, here's the real though. We're looking for five folks in long-term relationships who are ready to reignite their sex life. Mm. Mm. I want to sign up for one of those calls. I know. Can I sign up? <laughs> I was going to offer you both one the other day, actually. Hell yes. I'm down. <laughs> that would be awesome if I could come on with my husband. You can, by the way. You oh. can. She's this had is, a couple couples come on. It's been, it's, I've been having so much fun. I'm like, is this, what am I doing with my life? This is amazing. Uh, it's everything I've ever wanted. We're looking for five people in long-term relationships who are ready to reignite their sex life. If that's you, here's what we want you to do. Go to our Instagram, DM us over there. Our Instagram is at pleasure positive living, at pleasure positive living. DM us the word hot, H O T. If you're interested, yeah. And we'll see if you're a right fit for the call. <laughs> Not everyone can be dating their ex boyfriend <laughs> as a married person later in what? life. Who's dating their ex boyfriend? Madison. Madison. Well, he went on a date, right? To be clear, we went on a date and I was zombied. You can hear all of the dirty deets over on our Patreon, okay? Oh, okay. How, wait, how did they sign up for the Patreon? I love how your mom set you up for your date. Keep it above the waist, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All mom. I could hear was her okay. voice. In, We're talking in about our life and our Patreon. You get behind the scenes on our life there now. <laughs> yeah, so you can, so I think there's, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. And then we have a very special guest today. We're so excited to have her. We're all looking very beautiful. It's Friday morning. Aww. Yeah, we're all <laughs> definitely radiating. Yes. Yeah, this is a very special, we love these episodes where we bring on people from our actual life that we've come to love and mm -hmm. have friendship romance stories with oh actually platonic just to be clear just to be responsible for my language <laughs> erica is a platonic friend people there was um, eye gazing now. we had eye gazing. It's, it's like platonic intimacy yeah we've definitely eye gazed and held each other danced with each other yeah. and i'm just so grateful to be able to introduce this radiant goddess this is erica lynn mm -hmm. she is leading the sacred strut movement let me say that again sacred strut movement. Mm. I bet you want to know what that is. I'll tell you in a second. She is a self-esteem and embodiment coach who specializes in trauma, recovery, and miracles, our favorite word. Mm. <laughs> and, and her dharma and commitment to calling upon her community is the culmination of healing a 14-year eating disorder. Oh. 
through a devoted walking practice, which birthed the sacred strut back in 2012, as well as PTSD from rape, trauma, addiction, and codependency. These are all subjects that we've been really wanting to talk about as we've all been impacted by these in some way, as we know you have too, Clitorati. She says, there is no way I could not help others get free and know what is truly possible for them, having finally moved from victimhood, hopelessness, and hell (laughs) to a state of consistent and overwhelming peace, love, joy, and freedom for myself. Mm. <laughs> so we have this Our pleasure. <laughs> incredibly inspiring woman here with us today, who we hope will inspire you on your reclamation to your own empowerment. We're going to have a really awesome conversation with her today. So please welcome Erica Lynn to our studio. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you and all of your community. This is just it's amazing. It's exciting. And like you said, like I, you read freedom for all freedom to experience the the full body. O in every area of your life, let's go. And I love this when we were talking about what should the episode be about when we were creating with Erica, I manifestation is such an interesting thing. And what I'm learning is <sighs> manifestation and trauma go side by side in a really weird way. I don't know if that resonates with you. And if there is trauma that you're unaware of or haven't really dealt with, which we've dealt a lot with releasing shame and trauma on this show, it can block your manifestation and you're not even, and you can't understand why that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so first I want to hear in your own words, what is manifestation really coming from your perspective? Yeah, so... Most people identify with the word manifestation is something that you do in a single pointed time. Like I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this vision board, or I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do my journaling and I'm going to put down my vision and that's going to be a part of my manifestation. Or I'm going to sit there, I'm going to repeat my affirmations in the mirror and that will be when I'm manifesting. We are manifesting 24 seven, actually. Like that's when you're actually declaring something and believing that it is, but Spirit and life is moving through us at all times. So your reality is the projection of your internal state of being, which is your conscious thought. So when you're like, oh, I really want that hot husband or I want that fat bank account or I want whatever that is, that thing and body. And you're like, okay, so that is the conscious mind saying, this is what I want. But what happens when you have everything that's going on, 95% of your reality is based on the unconscious or the subconscious mind. And that's the storage house of every belief that you've ever agreed to. When you hear mom's voice in your head, when you hear whatever unprocessed pain or trauma or hurts, even the idea of people talk about, oh, I've dealt with that or I've told that story. But if there is still something that is within you in which you are feeling at the helm of something, or you're feeling like you're in victimhood, or you're carrying you're carrying the story as if this they did this to me still, that resonance is going to be in the frequency of lack or separation or victimhood. And that's going to be out picturing over and over again. So many times people think, okay, like I said, like it's just going to be this one moment, but it's really, it's happening all of the time. And so the cool thing is when you start to look at your life as the ultimate mirror, everything that you don't have that you want 
everything, every time that you get triggered or every time there's just a huge upset, it's really just an invitation to go in and to see where you're still carrying that hurt or that lack or that separation or that trauma and to be with love in a greater way. Mm. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yes. What's that? It's so easier said than done, right? This is yeah. why you have created the community that you have. It's truly the embodiment of, and I really got this when I did my training as the new thought practitioner, because that's not, when I decided to become a practitioner and they did my first year of ministry, it is a commitment. It is not like a nine to five job where you go in and then you clock out. It is, I am here. I am committed to living on truth. I am committed to leaning into love. I'm committed to leaning into miracles. I'm committed into leaning into the transformation and what is possible. And if I were to look at anyone other than their divinity, it's out of ethics. And so I love the phrase principle over personality because it's like, we can have the, my old self was like Diva Dawn, like my alter ego is named Diva Dawn. And she could really, very Diva Dawn. Diva Dawn, a very great story about how she came to be. But, um, <laughs> I gotta <hear> this. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, like she, she is smart and she is quick and she catches things, but she has a mean undertone. And so I got to really be like, okay, do I want to keep leading with this persona that is going to effectively create maybe more meltdowns in my relationship? Or do I want to know like when I'm being triggered Maybe not say everything that I think. Maybe have an inside joke. Maybe have that inside voice. But the more that we keep choosing love and the more that we keep allowing love to be within us, there is sort of a personality change. There really is. There is an allowance. There's a love. There's a compassion, greater empathy. And so it really starts to lead our life. And so for me, it's, uh, yeah, I'm like, where am I going with this? But yeah, it's just, to me, it's like, it's such a blessing to know that it's not just like a clock in, clock out, that it really is a 24-hour decision to show up for what you want and to to stay committed to that. And that's where a lot of people um, will block themselves in their manifestation is because to truly be committed to what you want is going to take boundaries, it's going to take values, and it's going to sometimes take going on a solo journey. And I think we see it in societies. A lot of people would rather be with someone or have something that's not 100% what they want because they're afraid to be alone or they're afraid that they're not going to actually receive what it is that they want. And that oftentimes comes from trauma because you're still carrying this deep seed somewhere where I'm unworthy or I can't have that or it's not going to happen for me. It's so interesting you say that because we we had a session last night with with some of our VIP coaches and we were talking about the the insidiousness of self-love or self-worth, right? One of our one of our participants was like, I just want to know that I have self-worth. And I'm like, that's a really slippery slope because I think what you're speaking to, Erica, is, and what we say inside of pleasure positive living is a lifestyle. It's not a destination. Like you're going to have good days and bad days even if you're like growing as a person, right? Like growing as a person is not a destination. You're not one. Yeah, it is. We die one day. (laughs) That's the the destination, right? But this is an ongoing journey that you have to commit to and and to trust the process is what I hear you saying, right? And to be, there's got to be this willingness. I know for me, 
when I didn't want to deal with trauma, it turned into anger, right? And I was, I found myself being this, and I'm still honestly dealing with this, but just as you mentioned, like your alter ego, I found myself showing up like pretty aggressive and harsh. And that's something I'm honestly like working on because what I got was like, I was protecting anger, but what was under the anger was really hurt and trauma. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about why doing your trauma work is so important and how somebody who's maybe listening right now is like, oh, that's me. Where do I start? Where's the first place for someone to start if they're resonating with this conversation? Yeah, I love this. And I just want to say that everyone is already inherently worthy. And the idea that you have to do something like, I need to lose that last five pounds or I need to have this or I need to show up. Like you're creating a lack in your mind, you're creating a separation. And so that's constantly going to be out picturing. And so you could go your whole life getting something, thinking that you need to do the next, and then you have to do the next thing and do the next thing and do the next thing. Because it's not so much about, like you said, the, that destination point and like receiving it. Who are you being in that process? And if the whole time you're still thinking, I need to do more, I need to do more. The universe is going to say, and so it is. You right. will keep so it's going back to the manifestation. That's why right. we don't manifest. It's yeah. just a perpetuation of the not having it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I remember- Inside of that, that like unconscious belief, yeah. like I will be doing this one day. Okay, then you will always be doing this one day. One of the things that we do in the sexual satisfaction sessions that I'm offering for all of our listeners is we talk about our triangle and like why people don't get to the center of- their triangle, the desires being in the center of your triangle. And at the foundation of what we've determined, like how, what is keeping people from really unlocking their desires, really bringing them into form. And at the bottom of that triangle is the communication. It's the, but it's the, it's not the positive of that. It's not the, it's not the evolved communication. It's the perpetuating the not having what we want in communication on an internal subconscious level, the, the thoughts, like you said, Lindsay, being so insidious, that's when we're manifesting. It's like when, by the time we wake up and, then, and go walk to make our tea, what are we thinking about? Because that vibration, that ener- that is what we're putting out there. And so we don't usually recognize, like you said, Erica, you're, who you're being And we talk a lot about just like reclaiming response, like responsibility for who we are being so that pleasure can be present or in the context of this conversation so that we can be responsible for whether or not what we're manifesting or not manifesting. Mm -hmm. It's not bad or wrong that we're not. But if you're interested in like, why is the thing that I'm wanting still not happening? Why do I feel like I'm chasing it? If you feel like you're chasing, you're not really in the habit that it's here. Yes. You're not in the having that it's already here. You're in the perpetuating that it's still not here. Exactly. Exactly. And I had, I can remember, and this was, it was so beautiful when I had this moment of like reconciliation for myself. So when I was in the height of my eating disorder and I had, I was bulimic for 14 years and I was at the height where it's at like my heaviest weight, my, my dental work, my teeth were like falling out of my my mouth. Like it was like very humbling at the, the rock bottom moment of it. But I remember looking at the Eiffel Tower and thinking about like on TV, I hadn't gotten there yet. I was like, you're in Paris? <laughs> not yet, not yet. But, I, but we do end up there. But I remember just thinking about myself and just thinking about what my worthiness was based on my body. And I remember having this idea that I would never have this like romantic getaway where I would have the French kiss in front of the Eiffel Tower with my loved one because 
of what I look like. And then I had this aha. So you mean to tell me that every couple that you've ever seen that maybe they need to, they're, they're carrying extra weight or they're even having in my mind, I was like, it was the big deal when you had to buy two airplane seats or whatever, but they don't deserve to have a French kiss and a romantic moment in front of the Eiffel Tower because of what they look like. If that's what I'm believing about myself, is that really what I want for any everyone else? And I was like, no, of course, everyone deserves love and everyone deserves romance and everyone deserves that fairy tale moment. And why wouldn't I believe that I'm worthy of that? And so with my, I remember going to France now with my now ex-husband, but having that kiss in front of the Eiffel Tower and Part of my story with the healing of my ex-husband was even though it was after, after my rape trauma, when I, after I I'd put on more weight again, was like letting him in and letting him love me. Even though I had all these old voices coming up about you're not at your ideal weight, you're not at this yet, you're not at that. And so that's on a conscious level, what we're really thinking of how we can block ourselves. We're just saying we're not worthy of that yet. And then on the unconscious level, I was doing, I'm doing a a seven day opportunity right now to just talk about emotional sobriety or emotional mastery. And so if it's hysterical, it's historical. And oftentimes we're just talking about how can you block yourself? Like someone gets into a new relationship and that guy like doesn't call him back right away. And suddenly someone's like outraged and he doesn't respect me or he's just like all the others or, or whatever it is. And you feel all this sense of abandonment or you feel like you don't matter. Wait a minute. I've never, just, I've, oh, I've never heard this term before. Emotional sobriety. Yes. What is that? I need, I feel like I need this in my life. <laughs> this is why, yes, I wanted to bring this up because yeah. it's sober October. And so everyone thinks about addiction to a substance or, or a person or whatever, but having emotional sobriety is like, what do you have when you put the thing down? Like, how do you comfort yourself? How do you self-parent? How do you be in your a sober mindedness and a, and a stability within so that you don't continue to perpetuate harm towards self by reaching for something outside of yourself or substance or hurting someone else by just lashing out on them because you have to be responsible. Like you, Madison said, you're responsible for your feelings and for your triggers. And so that is emotional sobriety. When you can be with the discomforts, when you can be with whatever is happening in your experience and then masterfully maneuver and create without going into the effect of the emotions. You're telling me that there's a possibility that I could just be even keeled all the time? <laughs> there is hope for everyone, yes. Okay, I'm in. But we wanna, like the wanna... spicy, we like the spicy. You get to decide, you get to decide. And that's but you can be responsibly choice. spicy versus reactively. I, that is, it's, I, ugh, there's no accidents, right? This is what I'm dealing with and I'm about to get married and I'm really looking at in two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff from how you're, you think about how you were raised, how you want to raise your family. Like what was the, what were the patterns that you inherited from your, your lineage? And, and I think that I inherited a very not emotional sob- sobriety thing. So I've never heard that term before. And that's really inspiring. I love that. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. No accidents. And those patterns, like you said, like those are those, some of the unconscious agreements, right? Like what you saw. So sometimes people get into relationship and they're used to chaos as a child, right? And, and they, they formulate that as love. So you're like, oh, my partner's not yelling at me. They must not care. And so you try to create more drama because the intensity is not the same and our bodies get addicted to intensities and different hormones and, and ways of communication that becomes just inherent. And so 
being sober-minded is coming back to that present moment. And, and Madison said, you can go before you make your tea. Like, how are you acting? This is why having the daily practice. What's my morning routine? So that I can set myself up for success so that I can be open and I can be clear and I can be in pleasure and not in anger and frustration and stress. Actually, this is what I love about your sacred strut walks because I got the privilege of doing one because you gifted me one. Mm -hmm. And if you walk, like when you strut in life, when you walk in from your car to the grocery store, like if you walk without intention and you notice, I'm talking to y'all that can be self-aware enough in this podcast episode to be like, oh yeah, don't really walk with intention. This experience that I did with Erica, the sacred strut, because it was guided, it was like, you were telling me what I should be thinking about when I'm just walking in life. Mm -hmm. Like the mindset, like what I could be filling my brain with is poetic miracle stories of what's possible. It really showed me, I'm like, wow, this is a very intentional practice. And as I'm pretty confident in life and I walk with a pretty, I have a pretty solid strut. But definitely going to your stretch just gave me a deeper access to being like, I could walk and think about affirmations when I walk, just to be like one, a little bit more intentional, not just walk like I'm feeling myself, but walk and be telling myself like, or be spreading love to other people more intentionally, like casting that energy out. So I feel you really do that in practice of embodiment with sacred strut because it is manifestation really is in the day to day. Yeah, we can sit in vision board. I have my vision board right here. There are manifestation practices. Sure, we can do those practices, but what is it to be actively an active participant in the manifestation conversation? And I love what we've talked about of just like emotional sobriety is actually a great way to ongoingly practice manifestation because those those chaotic emotions are clouding the order we've placed with the universe, Mm -hmm. making that frequency fuzzy and staticky, creating noise, making it thus harder for the universe to for us to receive it from the universe. So I want to ask you a question. I love everything that Madison is creating and I'm just finding myself sitting here. I've, let's talk about, I've done the affirmations. I've tried different practices. Like I know that there's people out there listening right now that are like, yeah, but that shit doesn't work. Can we talk about why affirmations themselves are not enough and that there is a foundation that needs to happen before that's going to work? Yeah, absolutely. So Just like we were saying, like someone could have their affirmation of, I want $50,000 or whatever by tomorrow. So your conscious mind is saying that, but in your body and your nervous system and your subconscious mind, if you grew up where money was really hard to make, if you grew up feeling like money was evil, if you grew up feeling like money, uh, like you couldn't hold on to money, just any sort of belief or experiences that you have around money that's held within the body. It doesn't matter how much you declare over and over again, because the manifestation is from the soul. It's from the beliefs. It's from the the thoughts, the words, the frequency. And so again, we know like the body keeps the score. So any sort of trauma that you're storing, which is just really during a heightened time of emotion a negative experience and a negative command that you decide, then that's going to be out picturing. That's going to be playing out. And, and the big thing about that is people can say, I don't have trauma. Like I didn't go through, I'll just say like for me, a rape. I didn't go through a rape or I didn't see someone get hit by a car or just something that could be classically devastating. But a, a trauma could be you and your sister when you're eight years old, like they get a bike and you don't because there wasn't say enough money and she was older, whatever. But you made a decision of, I don't get what I want. Like everyone else gets what they want. But you're, you're as an adult now, 
you're thinking about it, you're like, it's a big deal. I was eight years old. That's normal in families, things happen. But truly, we can go back in time and through the process of the trauma work they do with people, right? It's to bypass just the conscious mind and the spiritual bypassing and the rationalization of that shouldn't be a big deal or that didn't matter. And we get to really go to all of those moments that you're still carrying around with you unconsciously that really were a big deal in the moment. Mm. And we get to then free, free that energy so that it can become what it's meant to be, which is the desire and the belief that is going to help create your reality. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think I've heard about that. I've also heard someone who was talking to me about ketamine therapy the other day. It's where you mm-hmm. like, you have to like, it. it's like you go into the memory and you remember it, but then it rewires your brain. So the trauma is gone. It sounds like you're facilitating a drug-free version of that for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the most, like our past and our present and our future, future it's, it's all one thing playing out and to change your future. And decree our subconscious is just on repeat every day. It's like why we don't, we have 70,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are the same ones you have yesterday. And it's just repeat over and over again, which is great. Like we don't have to relearn how to tie our shoes or we don't like it saves us a lot of time in that. But what happens is when we're carrying these old identities or these old beliefs or guilt or shames, like that is going to continue to be outpictured in our life. And the way to have a different reality, because life is just going to keep looping, it's going to keep patterning over and over until we stop it until we shift it is to go back to those points and to neutralize, to take the responsibility of what we decided in the moment about life, what we decided about men, what we decided about money. Because if you're living at the effect, you can't change something that you're constantly being a victim around. And so you have to be able to to take the responsibility to change it and to transform it. And And, and something that I love about what you do. Some kind of race for anyone listening because when you're a child or when you're doing a new experience like you're entering sex, your sexual debut for the first time mm-hmm. you're learning how to regulate so especially when you're little you are not able to regulate your emotions yet so you will have these emotions and make these decisions from an unregulated mind as you're learning, but that can stay with you is what I'm hearing you say Mm -hmm. and unconsciously block you. So I really appreciate you putting that in because it doesn't, you don't have to have some major trauma. It could literally just be, you were a child, but you had, you were not able to regulate yet as children. Exactly. You don't have the awareness. And Thomas Troward, who is a, a new thought teacher and English judge, he talks about the self contemplation of man and what separates us is these degrees of intelligence. Like what, what separates us like from a rock? There's divinity in a rock and there is a divinity in man. And what separates men from having a joyful and pleasurable life to feeling like they're just on the rat race is self-contemplation, is self-awareness, is recognizing, oh, I have the ability to channel my thoughts or create this for myself. Whereas someone's just stuck in the, the automation of you go to school, you get you go to college, you get married, two kids. And then suddenly you wake up one day and you're like, I'm not happy, right? But they just did everything. But the person that takes time to self-contemplate, that looks at, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? What can I choose to feel about this way? The same way, you're going to have a greater level of freedom and mastery just as when you're like, who am I? Does this feel good? What are my values? How do I want? What do I want to be in relationship? What do I want to structure? This feels more aligned for me. 
But the person that is just going by what your neighbor is doing is going to be in the dissatisfaction of life first, really understanding who you are, what drives you, what are your values, and then you can make informed decisions from there. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. funny thing about values, we're also talking about this, like they can change over time as you enter into new phases of your life. Like I used to, adventure used to be really important to me. Now it's like saving money and starting a family. Like it's like they can change based on where you are in your life. So I think what your values were, I think it's important to reevaluate that every so often and actually stop and say, okay, what is important to me? Is this lifestyle still working for me? Right? Do these things serve me? Huge. And this is where the universal law of non-attachment, which is actually what I'll be sharing on tomorrow's strut, Mm. uh, comes into play because people will want to manifest something and they'll have an attachment, right? Or they'll have their values that they want in this moment. So they create a life based on that. And then suddenly they shift. And if they're attached to a certain person or to a certain environment as being the thing, then suddenly now you're not going to be happy anymore because you're not actually continuing to receive what it is that you desire. And so people have to be careful. I will say if you're in a relationship, like this happened with me and my ex-husband at the same time it was happening with me and my girlfriend, she, we both, we really want really deep, intimate relationships with someone that we can share our spirituality with. We can share, we have the value because where we were when we met our partners, I was in my trauma. So what I was prioritizing my life was not the full spectrum of who I am and what I wanted to have in a relationship. But you say, okay, universe, I want this. Be prepared for the breakup. Be prepared for to have to let go of something so that you can continue to receive what it is that you want and the evolution of your soul. Like we are set to evolve. We are set to grow. And so it, to think that everything's going to be a constant would just, you know, to be ignorant of the fact that life is expansion. So yeah, find the person that you can grow with and that you can hold honor for each other, or there might come become a point in time where you're going to be reprioritizing. What are my values? What are my desires? What are my commitments? Does this still work for me? And, yeah. and what's important? Do you want to stay in the dead end relationship or are you willing to be alone and actually go out for the, the person of your dreams? And that can be really scary. I know for me, it's, I had to, I did not want to be alone. So I stayed in something that didn't work for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And even with, you say you want your dream job. Okay. But are you really willing to go out there and apply and maybe take a leap of faith? And if it's responsible financially, quit your job. Yeah. This summer, that was was the summer being willing to go through the journey of the unknown and the unseen to the seen and have those boundaries. Like this summer for me was, I went through my divorce. I moved here. It was a clearing away of anything that was not truly aligned with where I am and being willing to not take the job to be like, you know what, right now, I rather have a little bit of credit card debt and stay open to what wants to be here and created and revealed and given to me versus then distracting myself because I'm going to make this story about this. And there are times this summer I'm like, okay, the walls are closing in. Just keep them open. Just keep them open, God. The testimony is good. I've been faithful. I have been committed. I believe. And then I'm like, no, you have to fall in love with the season because if you're rushing the season, then you're actually pushing the manifestation away. And not, But not just being like, okay, I'm just going to 
take that job or I'm just going to hook up with this person or I'm going to text the old relationship because it's convenient and I know that I can fulfill a need right now. Like I'm going to really create space for what I want to show up. And if I keep not believing in that or I just do, we think the little girl in me that wants to be able to get away with something, that rebel, like just this one time, no one will know, right? Like I'm just going to do it this one. But that's just going to, that's going to push it out again. It's going to push it out again because God is in everything. We don't get away with anything. (laughs) We are, so it's like, I had to really have that coming, you know, home to myself of that. Okay, Erica, like you keep saying you're going to have one more drink. This one time does not help you get to your sobriety. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You cheat yourself and then you push out the miracle, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Yeah. The loving yourself and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're really talking about is like trusting the process. Right. So for anyone who's listening and is feeling like they can't, where's a simple place for someone to start who's feeling disconnected right now, who's listening? Mm disconnected from their desires, disconnected from trusting that the process is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like this manifestation shit doesn't work. (laughs) Totally. Where where does that, where do we start? Or they're like, they've like, where's the place that sounds like you, yeah, they're not trusting the process. How do we get realignment? Where's the first place to start to get realigned in that? Yeah. I would say, come on the struts with me only because these were like, Because I know how powerful they are. When I was going through my trauma, one of the hardest things is to want to feel a certain way, but your nervous system not being in alignment. Or I was like, I know love. I know possibilities. I know miracles. But everything in my life right now feels rocked. Everything feels like it's an attack. Everything, Mm -hmm. like I know that what I'm registering and what is going on are not the two things. So how can I have more confidence? How can I have more hope? How can I have more belief in applying manifestation and knowing my worth? When I started learning the universal laws, and there's 52 of them that I learned through my mentors, I do one a week. If this is a law and this is how the creative process works, and if I know that I'm first cause and I just keep showing up over and over again, like it's science, it's gonna work. Okay, I can lean into that. Like it gave me a little bit, it held me to say, okay, I know that you're feeling this right now. You might have all these fears, but just keep showing up, just keep showing up. And that law, that universal law of growth that comes with you, that belief over and over again, continues to get applied. You're going to start to have a new experience. And that's like anything, any relationship that you have with something, you go deeper and deeper. You have deeper and deeper intimacy with. So the more that you just stay in the conversation of, okay, I'm feeling this, but I'm going to believe this. I just know it's going to be true. You start to rewire the mind, right? The, the beliefs become more, it's like what you focus on grows. And so it's just inevitable that as you continue to stay committed, you will have the changes. Just as I said, like the principle over personality. So understanding the laws gave me at least like the oomph to be like, okay, swallow the pill. You don't, don't act out. Don't go into this behavior one more time. Don't give up before the miracle is happening. Like these laws prove to me that the result will come 
And I fell in love with these laws. This was really like what helped me when I was like going through my separation and I was like chain smoking in the backyard because I had (laughs) no, like I didn't smoke in five years. And suddenly I had a little Altoid tin because I couldn't smoke the things fast enough. It was the dead of winter. And now I'm smoke free and all the things, but that's where I was at. And it's, oh my God, what am I going to do? What if we get a divorce? How am I going to support myself? I can't even handle life and the fear, but I'm like, nope, you just keep believing and you just keep committing and you keep showing up over and over again. And then eventually you have a whole new experience of yourself. You have a whole new experience of life because as you're shifting, life is shifting. It's really beautiful and magical. You can't, the, what I love about the laws is like, when you know these things, you can't unknow them. You can't unsee them. And so it makes it harder to be out of alignment because you're like, if I have a choice of which I can act in alignment and I know that I can then receive this, like, why would I go against that? which it's how I manifested my home. It's like how I have manifested certain like relationships and just this different things is be re- being really willing to not settle for the 70% when you know you can have the 100% and then being oh. willing to not give in. Yeah. Which can be really scary. But if you're, I think if you're going to gamble on anyone, why not yourself, right? Exactly. <laughs> no one else is going to believe hey, in you as much as you. <laughs> so Katie or Madison, do you guys have any more questions? Because I personally would love to hear about these sacred struts and what exactly they are and (laughs) how people can participate. Bring them, bring out the sacred strut. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) And I just wanted, because I was thinking last night, I just wanted to share this. And we talked about, I shared reading in the beginning, was if you think about manifestation and you think about the process of orgasm and you think about getting there, right? You think Mm -hmm. about, okay, if you're like, all of a sudden you're just like, you're in your head and you're trying to get to the orgasm and you're just like rubbing it out. And then you're like, it's not happening fast enough. And you're just like, it's harder and you got to do quick. You're just like, and you're just like, forget it. It's over. Like Mm -hmm. manifestation is about trusting that it's going to happen. It's about the relaxation. It's about the enjoyment of the experience. It's about the knowing that you're receiving. And it's through that opening and that relaxation. And that's what I love about divine intelligence. Like it is literally coded in everything. And we're walking around like with signs of how do we create, how do we manifest? Like it's literally encoded within our body to know desire, to know pleasure, and then to be willing to open and relax to receive that. And that's where trauma comes in. If you've had past experiences too, like I remember, I know we're going to wrap up. So I'm like taking this into the story, but like the idea of orgasming, like I had so much trauma around what I look like and not being beautiful enough. Like when I had my dental work and everything that, like I mentioned, but like I could only orgasm face down because I had a belief that I'm not pretty enough to orgasm or someone's going to look at me strange. And so these little beliefs and these traumas and these insecurities are blocking us. And we can see it in, in our, how our relationships to our body, we can see it in relationship to orgasm. We can see it in relationship with other people. And then we can see it in relationship to the world and how we're manifesting at large. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for bringing it back to the orgasms. Well, I was like, we can't end a podcast without talking about orgasm. I only orgasm face down because it feels the best for me. Just Uh, rubs that G spice. Yeah. Doggy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but it's so true. Our orgasm is so about, it's so the art of receiving and so is manifestation. Yeah. Um, it's all creation. It's and, in itself. It's yeah. And it makes so much sense that we can then super, we can supercharge our manifestations when we orgasm because yes. it's that reciprocal energy. So it's, a oh my gosh, people, who do you masturbate? I, I masturbate to God. Like why go? I like men in power. Yeah. I'm like, go straight to the top. 
Like I think about sugar usually when I masturbate. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> I just accepted it. Yeah. You were speechless as well. I know. I read what you're the, the, the funny thing is she thinks I'm she thinks I'm kidding that I'm not. I was I actually wanted to hold space for that maybe you were serious and I didn't want to goff it off as a yeah. we'll talk about it on Patreon. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Erica, this Erica, is so amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank oh. you. Thank you. Yeah, the sacred struts, I will just say it got birthed out of my eating disorder to like, I'm like, what can I do that's going to be sober-minded? That's not going to create more harm. You can show up as the crazy walking lady. That sounds fun to me. And it actually was the greatest experience for me. And then it's a homecoming now. Every time you walk, just like Madison said, like when you go to the gym and you, you leave your workout, now you go on to the other parts of your life. When you start really walking embodied in who you are and what you know, what you want, and that you are so worthy, it changes the way that you walk through life. And so every, and then every Saturday, that consistency, like the reprogramming over and over again, like we think about people, anyone that wants change and anyone that wants growth recognizes how difficult it can be, even when you want it. So (laughs) So give yourself that grace and show up for yourself and give yourself that time. And that's why I love like every Saturday is an opportunity for you to come back to yourself. Like no matter what happened during the week, like the people that walk with me are like, this is the fav- my favorite time of the week because you literally helped me to feel at home. You literally helped me to feel like, okay, things are going to get better, whatever it is. And it's just a, a complete and so, reset. And so the sacred struts are the people can be anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. I have people you. from Norway, yeah. I have yeah. Iceland, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere in the world. So you log on through Zoom. Yeah, and, and, and you you literally, it's like a guided walking meditation, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, that's so One of my favorite things of when I used to teach yoga was like making playlists. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put someone in pigeon and I'm going to play this song and they're going to cry. What do I, like, I get to, I love to get to be like the little, it's like my time to be a DJ again. So there's music that I find every week. There's different songs. I try never to repeat a song ever. I will write poetry in regarding to the law. Like that's like where my creative juices are. I teach on a universal law. So again, like you can start to really be like, I am first cause. I you know, am I rushing the process? Like this tomorrow is on non-attachment, like really not having judgment on anything so that you can receive what it is that you want. And so it just becomes a those programming. And like I said, anytime you continue to spend time with yourself or a, a topic, it's going to deepen over and over again. And it's just going to become your new normal and your new natural. So. Yes. Amazing. Thank you, Erica. Where can our listeners find you, find information about the Sacred mm-hmm. Strut? I know you have a special gift for our listeners. Yes. My website is sacredstrut.com. If you go to sacredstrut.com forward slash offerings, you'll see I have a single strut and I have a, a monthly membership. I'm offering here, everyone listening, a free month. You just type in the coupon PLEASURE, all capitals, and I'll be able to walk for a month and, and get a feel for it. And on Instagram, I'm Erica Lynn underscore sacred strut. Amazing. Amazing. So much. Thank you so much for being here, Erica. And just your willingness to be vulnerable. I think it's really powerful when you can, we can talk openly about our struggles because then it has someone to feel not alone who's maybe going through something as well. So just your willingness to be open and talk about it and offer hope and access to something else, right? Like, I, I'd never heard 
emotional sobriety, I'm like, okay, that's what's missing, right? So I'm, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that heard that on this episode. And just the combination of the embodiment work and trusting the process along with the affirmations and putting it all together and having someone like you show us how it can be facilitated is really inspiring. And we just really thank you for being here and for sharing this with our listeners. And because we all want to orgasm our ways through life, right? We don't want to suffer. (laughs) Yeah. I thank you three so much for having me and opening the conversation. Like you, you really make authentic living and pleasurable living possible through your conversation and through your work. And that is so important, like you said, to not carry shame and whatnot. And there are so many people harboring feelings of shame or guilt only because of a belief system or an experience of trauma, but to open up the possibilities that you have for people, it's beautiful. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. And to our Clitorati, we love you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.